0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Waramai and Wanarrua peoples. We acknowledge the Waramai and Wanarrua elders, both past and present.
1: Welcome to the Big 53 Podcast annual Robbie M. Medal Awards Show. You'll be joined shortly by your hosts, the K Hog, Brenno, and their special guest host, Sky. Well, it's been an interesting year for the Newcastle Knights in 2022, and by gum, aren't there some awards to be handed out tonight? You'll hear the likes of such great names as Adam Clune, Bradman Best, Raided Musgrove, Dominic Young, Dylan Lucas, Jack Jones, Jaron Purcell, Kobe Ruglis, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Matt Croker, Pasami Solo, Suaso Sue, and Tyson Frizzell, and a plethora of men's players who pulled on the jersey for the Newcastle Knights in season 2022. There'll be some high points like the win in round one, while there'll be some low points, like every round subsequent to that game. So sit back, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy the fanfare, the glitz, the glamour, and everything else that's associated with this, the Night of Nights, the Robbie M. Medal Awards, coming to you live from your podcast. Coming to you live from Waramai, Wanarua, and Awabakal lands, this is the 2022 Bay 53 Podcast Awards Show, part of the sport's best friend podcasting
0: network, and we are brought to you by A Plus Contracting and Polywelding. Tonight is truly the night with a K of nights with a K, as the podcast and
1: our listeners award
0: their Players of the Year for the men's NRL season. As voted, By the fans, so get your hair cut, your legs waxed, throw on a tux, and get yourself all gussied up, ready for those paparazzo snaps. As we find out who your 2022 NRL Player of the Year is, your hosts this evening are the ever delightful BrettO, the slightly less delightful K Dog, and KP's biggest fan Sky. Welcome both of you. This is going to be interesting. That painful is the of word energy. you're looking for painful is that word <laughs> the, I, what i've discovered um as being a knights fan over the years is that denial is, is a huge part of what gets you through the year. So you've got yep. to fight through these urges and you've got to create as much energy as you can to talk <laughs> about this turgid turd of a club that continues to disappoint year upon year. Now, that's the men, of course, because we, we do love our beautiful, wonderful uh, NRLW women's uh, team at the moment. But, um, yeah, Sky, how have you been since the last time we spoke to you?
2: Been good. Been out and about, getting to the girls' games. and yeah. Not much else, just working. Um,
0: do yeah. we do we want to do we want to do we want to have a quick chat about everything that's great about the Knights at the moment, which is all the NRLW team. Because, yeah, um, s-
3: stick stick there, man. Let's get some good stuff out of the way first, eh?
0: Yeah. So just a w- w- massive win uh, over the Dragons uh, to finish off their season. Um, Thirty points to eight in the end. They came back from eight points to four down and they just scored 26 points unanswered. Bredo, I said to you before the game, and I I think I was being a classic Knights fan, expecting the loss, just going, look, you know, a loss here isn't too bad. You know, as long as we're keeping our powder dry, you know, we don't want to give, we don't want to have too much false confidence going into the game that really matters next week. So don't get injured, um, stay fit and healthy and work on defence. Was that, but was it a great, actually a great performance in the end that you can sort of, Take some uh, some substance from.
3: Yeah, it was an interesting game. Um, I think the the girls came out in cruise control sort of thinking, well, this doesn't matter. And the Dragons came out quite physical, mm. and they you know, they they dominated in the middle for fifteen or twenty minutes. But I think that sort of woke the girls up, and they you know that sort of competitive spirit took over, and they clicked into gear. You know, it was a little clunky as you'd expect with so many changes, especially in the back line. But they played some really good football at times. Um, I think they showed that, you know, they're clear favourites next week.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that, look, I think I think for me, when I was watching it, my concern was that we'd play, like you said, in cruise control, realising that there wasn't too much to be garnered from a win today, uh, sorry, win this, this weekend. But my concern was that we'd go too far and give the Dragons a, perhaps a little bit more confidence that they needed to have going into next week. But I, I thought the Knights played like a team that, they wanted to send a message without showing everything that they had, um, because we've still got Tamika Upton and, and Caitlin Moran to come back into the side for um, for next week's sudden death game.
3: Yeah, exactly right. The um, they tried a few things too. It was quite interesting. A few things that we haven't seen. A few trick shots. Um, a few of those outside backs, girls that hadn't played. You know, showed some real potential. It was quite it was quite an interesting performance. I'm actually going to go back this week and just watch it again, just to. Yeah, just have a look at some of those girls that are squad players to sort of see the ones that you know, might get a run next year because obviously with four new teams, we'll lose a few. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, Gentle look like she's got plenty of pace and even though she's quite small, she wasn't scared to, to tackle. Um, Packy, another one, looked plenty of pace, but she's a Queensland girl, so she may go home. But um, no, the, I'm interested to, to watch that game again and just see those squad girls because they they showed something. I was I was quite impressed. And um, Kapani, well, I thought has been, had a pretty ordinary year on the wing. Showed Santa might be a spot. You know, she really looked more home in with in closer with the physical contact with because she's a big girl.
0: Sky, your thoughts? Did I mean first of all, it's it's always good seeing the Knights get a win, um, regardless of the context around it. Um, but, yeah, did you get a chance to see much of the game yesterday? And that was
3: by Rangi. Sorry, Nakapani. <laughs> That's all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I went to the game yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went down to watch the girls. And, yeah, it was a good game. It When they came out, they were getting the penalties, I was just like, oh, this is either going to go one of two ways. Mm. Like the men, I was like, are they going to drop their heads and just – let the Dragons roll over them, but they came out in the second half and they were pretty much perfect. Everything, every time the Dragons came down to the, like, try line, it, they didn't look like they were ever going to score. Yeah. The defence was just insane. And Caitlin Johnston was just, every time she'd get up, she'd just scream at the ref and I just thought that was hilarious.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love her attitude, man. Like, she's got the best attitude. She just... Actually, like she, she's sneaky. She's sneaky in the fact that she loves the bit of niggle, but she does it with yeah. a smile
0: on her face. So you, so she gets away with it. I love it. One hundred and ninety-four meters run for Caitlin yesterday. So she was actually playing like a um, like a a woman on a mission. Um, you sort of got the impression that she had a bit of a point point to prove. Uh, but it was it was one in the four. It was one in the forwards ultimately. Millie Boyle, one hundred and eighty-one meters. Um, and then you sort of had um, Taylor Predobon probably didn't get as much time as she would have liked. She still, you know, put in um, put 136 metres. Uh, I want to talk about Yasmin Clydesdale. I thought she put in one of the best performances by a second rower, like for the club uh, this year. She just seemed to be everywhere. She seemed to be um, playing with a lot of sort of uh, intent. And um, for some reason, I just felt like she had a point to prove yesterday. And um, she proved it um, emphatically.
3: She um uh, she showed why she's an origin sort of walk up and will probably go to the World Cup this year. Mm. Um I've not that I've been disappointed with this year, but this year she showed that edge forwards like her that run lines need understanding with their halves. And because she obviously she's new to the girls and Jesse's obviously new to the whole team, she she'd struggle a little bit with the ball. But yesterday, you know, it was starting to click. Jesse was finding her. Um she was she was hit, running the good lines, she was hitting hard in the fence, and sort of yeah. Um, good signs going into the finals.
0: There's a lot to be excited about with this team, which for a Knights fan these days, and look, you can even just keep it in the context of the women's team. I know it's very easy as a Knights fan to, you know, we sort of compare them to all this is what the men don't know. But but you even think about, yeah, you go, Sky.
2: No, you can go. Sorry, I was just agreeing that it's easy to compare.
0: And And
2: then you go, they're so different.
0: Yeah, and and but and you sort of think where this team has come just this from where they were earlier this year. You know, you you go from zero wins in a in a season, propping up a, a, a ta- at the table, and you start to think, well, is is this how bad the Knights are? We're we're infecting the, these Paul these women <laughs> players as well, and then they come out and they just it it it's a complete turnaround this this season and a mere few months later. I mean, yeah, they've recruited a couple more players, you know, they've brought a new coach, but they still had to put it all together. And I just think, Sky, it, it's exactly like what you said. Once we sort of took the lead yesterday, you didn't really think that the Dragons were going to going to score again. They just, they just seem to be playing like a team that really enjoys playing the game and really enjoys playing alongside one another.
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the best things about the girls as well, is that they all seem to genuinely want to play together and they're just like even following them on instagram they're just constantly taking the piss out of each other mm. and i just think that's a just the friendships that they've formed is helping on the field as well
0: hey um speaking of all things instagram we'll we'll use this as a negative bridging um uh, opportunity to to move into the the men's awards Um, One of our own was um, unfortunately the subject of some pretty poor reporting during the week as it it comes to uh, uh, the the passing of the Queen, Um, but the disappointment of that representation was probably um, uh, doubled a fair bit by the club's response, which essentially was to um, not get in the way of a subsequent one-game suspension and a, um, a suspended fine. Bretto, I'll, I'll give you the floor straight up. Uh, disgraceful treatment of the player, both by the media um, entire, and and the club, entirely just um, um, let our player down, felt like she was hung out to dry. Um, just nothing good about the outcome whatsoever.
3: No, completely, and completely avoidable. Like, the thing that really bothers me is that Caitlin's got a small follow on Instagram. She had her say on her personal account, nothing to do with the Knights, to a limited number of followers, and some morons told Channel 9 and the mole and all those clowns. And then they've run to the NRL with it, and then started screenshotting it, and the and then the official night account was all too vile to actually post, so everyone obviously then automatically goes looking for it, even though it's already been taken down, and and it gets out what she actually said. Like, You've put. If you think it's so bad, why are you highlighting it? Why are you getting it out there? And that's not even taking into account the fact that what she said was completely benign in mm. terms of. She can have a personal opinion. She didn't. She didn't attack the queen's death. She didn't attack the royal family. She doesn't like the queen and what she represents because she's an indigenous woman, and they represent a culture that killed tens of thousands of our people. That's what she was attacking. She was attacking the whole idea of the thing and the fact that the Queen in her 96 years and 70 years on the throne didn't once come out and say, we've treated the indigenous people of this country so poorly, we should have a treaty, we should pay reparations, we should give them some of their land back. None of that was done. Whether the Queen supported our cause or not, I have no idea. But that doesn't change the fact she literally did nothing to help our people. And Caitlin's entitled to her opinion. She had her opinion. And rich old white men go in and all pile on and get on their little radio programs where they think that, you know, cancel culture is the worst thing in the world. And they tried to get a young woman canceled because they did like shit, what she had to say about an overseas monarch. It's just vile. And then the crap from the Knights where they didn't, not only did support her, come out and said for her not to get a ridiculous fine of 25% of her very meager salary, she has to get training about how Indigenous people should respond to the Queen, go to hell. That is ridiculous. Mate, some of the things that that nation and that family have done to our people, I can't believe the Knights feel that she should be trained on how to react to that. My word, like, it's just – I sat there stunned, like absolutely stunned, that the club that I love would think that that is an appropriate way to react to what happened, mate. I've never, I've never hated this club, and I would never hate this club because they're in my blood. But my word, I was so angry. I, I could, I had to walk away. I could not deal with how they've treated a, a player, a Knights player, a female Knights player, and a female Indigenous Knights player. Get absolutely stuffed, you clowns!
0: Sky, i'll um I'll bring you in on this in terms of because um, the reaction from fans online seemed to be almost universal. Like it just felt like such a minority that thought the course of action taken with Caitlin was the right way to go. Um, where does it sit with you? like you you you, there are very few people that I sort of compare to, to, you know, either my cousin who comes up from Sydney to watch the games or Bredo who's just lived and breathed the nights from day one. So there are very few people in that realm that I sort of regard or I compare when it comes to their knowledge and sort of passion for the nights. And you're definitely one of those people. So where, where did it sort of sit with you when you were sort of watching it play out and the, and the, the reaction that really followed? Um,
2: the whole situation I just thought was ridiculous. Like there's no, there was no reason for it to be as big as what it was because if you're going to go through every single person's Instagram and find things that you don't agree with, like you could find so much stuff. You can see players liking other things and this and that, but I don't see why it needed to be made a big deal. And when the coach came out and said, we're supporting our player, we support Caitlin, blah, blah, blah. And then the Knights come out and say, no, we are accepting her punishment. I'm just like, well, how are you saying one thing and then letting another thing happen? I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I think I they think, could have supported her a little bit more in the way that they were doing it.
0: I, th- I think you've both hit the nail on the head from from where I sort of sit is that... It's the, it's, it's, it's the reaction to it that to me has been the biggest problem with this, not necessarily what Caitlin had, had initially said because for da- like a couple of days after it first sort of started to come out, you, you, you were spot on, Bredo. They were like, oh, it's so vile, we can't repeat it. And all that did was, the, all that just stirred interest. So you start creating this, after a while, by the time people did find out what it was, they were so caught up in being angry about it that it didn't matter what she said in the end because she started getting death threats yeah 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 so in the end in the end it was the it was the the coverage and the reaction of it that caused the most controversy not the post itself and so that is when it starts to feel just entirely and look disingenuous is probably the most broadcastable word i want to use on it but it starts to feel disingenuous when not only has this person done a post who let's be clear by this stage is not thinking that anything she says is of public interest. And I think that's a really important factor here is because these women players, the majority of, and we are talking 99% of them are not used to having their behavior scrutinized to the level that we saw last weekend. So when you, when you sort of see that what she's initially done and the, the outrage that followed it, it felt disingenuous to then say, well, not only do we think you've done something wrong, but we're going to educate you on it. And you just sort of say to yourself, that is that is that is completely and utterly not what is going on here. And you've it was all the reactions subsequent that seemed to make it worse because so many people just kept saying, we don't know what she said, what she said. So they just start to fill in the gaps. And once that level of outrage has, has escalated to where it did, for the knights to then come it was such an it was such an easy action for the knights to say look we we think maybe a bit of calmness needs to come come to play here because nobody would have thought improperly they're certainly not going to lose sponsorship by doing that and it just felt like it was an opportunity for the knights to stand by their player and they just managed to let everybody down
3: that that post is someone that's very new to being a semi-professional athlete. Yeah. Like she she posted about Uncle Luke in terms of Uncle Luke Combs, you know, that he's coming to town, and the Queen. She's speaking to her friends and mob. The people that have followed her forever, that's who she's speaking to. She's not speaking to the wider public because she's not used to the wider public having any interest in what she has to say. See, and see the people to me, that that's... get out by it have zero interest in what she's got to say. They have interest in using what she had to say for their own agenda.
0: And that's the education that needs, that needs to come in. Teaching these women now more about, look, you're going to be in the public, you're going to be scrutinised now. Your social media now is, that's that's the sort of education they need. And what they want to do for, from a political perspective, that's entirely up to them. But so to turn that into an opportunity, like, oh, we're going to give you cultural education, he's like, no, no. If the knights
3: can... just, just come out, what the nice should do is just come out and said in a statement, you know, we've we've said to Caitlin that she needs to now understand that as a member of a professional rugby league team, her comments are scrutinised and she will bring public attention if she makes political commentary. Not anything about what she said, but just we've made her aware that this is now a thing in her life and she needs to judge whether she wants to bring that to attention to herself or she doesn't and that's her decision.
1: Absolutely.
0: Stry? Yeah,
2: I I think that... Is gonna be all the training is. I know they came out and said we're educating this and that, but I just think they're gonna tell her and be like, okay, don't post this, don't post that.
1: But so you can still like <laughs> laugh. if
2: you're going to do it,
1: yeah. make a CKP on a boat. Company. More of that. We want more
0: of you out, yeah. out, out socialising. Yeah. This, this is the stuff to do. It, it's funny, though, because, um, you know, we, it, whether you, whether or not people, whether or not fans actually can make a difference or not, it's still negligible in my mind. But it was a great finish to the episode, for me at least, that um, uh, NRL Twitter got on board to uh, remind the NRLW that about the support that Caitlin does have. Uh, and I don't know what the post was up to recently. Last I saw, it was at some like eight hundred plus comments. They were um, looking for Thanks. votes for their uh, community player of the year award, and to see everybody jump on board and show their support to Caitlin uh, on that post, I thought that was um, I thought that was immense. I just thought that was a great opportunity to show Caitlin that um, the fans were still behind her.
3: Can I say one other thing? Yeah. The mole and all and all that in um you know all come out and said we didn't know she was indigenous. Oh well, for starters, do some I research. Even
2: get me but but, her,
3: but her, her, her 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 profile pic on Instagram was literally of her back tattoo of the flag. So you so okay. if you're saying you didn't know she was indigenous, you haven't even seen the post yourself because you can't yeah. look at her Instagram feed and not see the flag on her back.
2: Yeah, he said he didn't know who she was.
3: Like it's just it's, it's clearly some right wing idiot. You know, moron, you know, there's probably just some Joe Blow was said, has said a channel on, on one of their feeds. Did you see what that Caitlin Moran posted? Did some outrage for you. And they've all just jumped on with two feet. It's just, it's just so tiresome.
0: Yeah. And, and look, like I said, mate, I said to you, in, it's just, you get tired of the club letting you, like, feeling like they're letting you down because you sort of, It was just such a great opportunity to say we're standing by a player. Look, you know, we're and and because surely the damage to the club could not have been that that bad for them to say, look, we're standing by Caitlin on this. We we, we really don't think this is. There would have been no
3: damage to the club, and certainly not compared to what the male players do.
0: Absolutely,
3: like they sweep KP under the rug, and I don't think the KP incident had much. I don't think there was much to, to to punish KP for. But you compare that to. What Caitlin did come on guys it's just it's just ridiculous like I'm sitting here now in my indigenous jersey from this year I was really proud of this jersey it's got my it's got my people my, my mobs um totem totem on it it's got all the totems from the west and northwest and east of the Wales it was such a community sort of driven thing and there was, I know there's so many mob that were proud to have you know their totems on the jersey and then I just burn all that in in five minutes it's so stupid
0: no, it's um, it's a, it's a swing and a miss from the club. So um, yeah, you just you, you look, you you have to hope that one day they'll get it right. It's more a matter of whether or not um, we're all still going to be there when they do. Um, right. Will we uh, look? Will we um? Will we kick on with these these awards and um start uh, reliving the wonder that was the NRL twenty twenty two season. And um, yeah, shall we start counting these votes?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it done. After round two.
0: Yeah, let's finish it all up after round two. (laughs) I'll do round two. That I'm out. Guys, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's relive the glory of those um, of those first few wonderful weeks um, that were the NRL season. I'm not. I'm not a person that regrets much in life,
3: but deciding not to go to the Roosters game in round one is a regret for me.
0: You are listening to the Bay 53 podcast. I still remember when I was heading down and I was fearful that I was like, I was like, I'd already prepared myself. How the fuck am I going to deal with? Why am I doing this? How am I going to deal with the loss afterwards? I got to come back to fucking Newcastle on the train Sitting in that misery. So on. Uh, but no, in um in the month of March, it was a relatively successful um month and relatively successful, trust me on that, from a small and a large scale. Uh, but we kicked off round one with a just an out of the out of the blue 20 points to six win over the roosters. We managed to follow that up in round two with a dominant 26 to four win at home over the tigers and look round three um it was a 38 to 20 point loss to the panthers but we played with pride and we showed that we might be able to deliver something Breno, what are your what are your recollections of that first mad month back in march
3: um well obviously the roosters game was the highlight um Played played a full brand of football that day that I hadn't seen us play in years. It was pressure. It was, you know, it was line speed. It was kick chase. It was all the things that we don't associate have the nights and, and that was why I got excited about the early part of the year. I looked at it and went, oh, wow, this team's really clicked this year. Hayden Knowles has got them fit. They're up on the line. You know, they're they pressure and a team that's renowned for their fitness and the, how fast they play. How good's this? Didn't play particularly well the, the Tigers game, but won comfortable. You know, did plenty to get over the line. And then, obviously, the Mitch Barnett game against Penrith out of Bathurst. Like, I was really proud of us that day. I thought that was one of the better performances in the club's history. Like, the Pen- Penrith are a great team. Yeah, they never had Nathan Cleary, but, you know, they, they were still smashing everybody to pieces at that time. And we held on and held on and held on and just got run right away with late. Like, I was, after those three weeks, I was like, okay, this is a team that can easily, you know, be a top six team.
0: Mm. Sky, how, how are you feeling after that first month? I mean... The the win against the Roosters in the end would be the highlight for the season. But it's as Bredo sort of said, that Penrith game, like that was probably one of our better losses in the club's history.
2: Yeah. I remember, I think I tweeted something and I was like, this team is just so different to how they've played like the previous years. And even Knights haters, tweet.
3: Twitter's full of Twitters yeah. Knights haters going, this team's actually good this year.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is great. Like, they, their heads didn't drop when they lost Mitch. They held on for each other. They were – obviously, we lost. But I was like, this is going to be a great year. And then <laughs> it just did not turn into And no KP, either, right. no KP either. You know,
3: no, no KP um, for rounds two and three. And, we, you know, we still performed really well. So, it was a really good
0: science. Yeah. So, and, and I mean – the funniest thing about the funniest thing to me about that entire um, that entire month was that uh, I'm looking through the votes here and it was the negative negative 17 that was awarded to Mitchell Barnett um, after the uh, after the Penrith game or for the Penrith game. Sorry. Um, we said yeah, it I at would the actually time. Do that. Sorry. Did somebody actually do that? Someone actually did it. I, I said at the time <laughs> that I wasn't going to accept the negative votes, but um who was it? Well um I'll I'll Yeah, call I'll, them out. Because that that is <laughs> a round of applause. What way? Uh that would be that would be uh Josh. That would be Ori. <laughs> oh, of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. And I think I made him so I think I made him what I did was yeah, I made him, I said, look you're going to have to... What he did was he awarded 34 points so that he could balance out the negative... <laughs> yeah. so it has to, it has to <laughs> equal 17, mate. So, um, so look, you know, Bredo, we, we, we'll do an end-of-season review as opposed to awards, but did Mitchell Barnett cost us our season in 2022?
3: No, because the team was so pathetic for most of the year, but he certainly cost us the momentum we had built early in the part of the year, and we've proved to the club that we can't handle adversity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair enough. Sky, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird one because, it, yeah, it was, everyone was playing for each other for the first three rounds, and then after that it was like they didn't know who each other were on the field.
3: If, if, anyone, so, if anyone gets a chance, go back and watch that sort of 10-minute period around where he got set off. Because we were playing really well just before that that happened, but just after that there was back slapping. Guys were charging up, put on hits. Yeah. Uh, that was a team, and you, you like watching that then, and what we've seen since, and what we feel about the team now. You just go, that is a whole different club.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't know who those players. Remember are how
3: excited we were are. about Jake Clifford at those times? Like,
0: all right, so it's it's funny you should say that. So. I've, I've managed to do a bit of a run, run, running subtotal. So this is this is very interesting. After the month of March, um, bear with me for one moment here. So after the month of March. Jake Clifford was out in front for the um, for the Bay Fifty Three fan vote on one hundred and seventy three votes, uh, and Dane Gagai was coming in at second for one hundred with one hundred and sixty three, and the next closest to that. So the top three after three rounds was um, rounded out by Tyson Frizzell on ninety nine.
3: Yeah, we were we were that's thing. We were all whooping up the the gags there, weren't we? Going, you yeah. know, like, this three year deal's outstanding. Yeah. Now and, we trade uh, it for about a packet of peanuts.
0: Well, so we we move on then, and uh, after that mad month of March, um, yeah, look, it uh, it doesn't make for good reading. So we kicked off uh, April on April Fool's Day with a um, a hard fought, and it must be said, it was a hard fought eighteen to nil loss to the Sharks. Um, but probably the, one of the real low points of the season, and there were a few, but this was down there in the depths was the round five, 30 points to six loss to the sea Eagles. I remember this now, the loss to the dragons in round six, 21 to 16. That was a, de- that was a devastating loss. Like that was just a genuinely just crushing Cause he loss. Cause didn't play well that day, but should have won in the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, and, um, and then yeah, we sort of rounded out the the month with um, uh, with the uh, the, the the ANZAC long weekend, thirty nine points to two to the Eels. Guys, I think by round seven, as much as we didn't want to admit it, the writing was starting to be a little bit on the wall. And and we sort of said at the time, no no no, you know, there, there's still a bit more to go. But when you look back on some of those results now, um, yeah.
3: It, it, so I, I I missed that Manly game because I had COVID that week. Um, yeah. But I remember, because obviously I was stuck at home with COVID, I watched it again the next day. Because obviously we were pathetic. We were so bad that day. And I was just watching the next day just to see why we were bad, you know. Was it just because it, it was a shitty wet night? Yep. We, had, we dominated for periods and couldn't score, and they just went down and put on easy tries. So I watched it again just to sort of get an idea of, you know, is that an omen? Was it just a night? You know, was it the fact we've had some really, you know, that Corolla we played it in a gale. We had the 12 men the week before. We just tired, mentally fatigued. And it was a day, but there was real signs of that night. There was a lot of guys just dropping their heads and not putting in at all. And, um, yeah, we should have known right then.
0: Sky April was, yeah, it was just an abysmal. It was a, an abysmal round, and I specifically remember the Eels game because that was that kicked off the back-to-back home games where we didn't score a try and we scored a total of four points um, across two home games. Hope wasn't lost though in April, was it? Like we we were still sort of reaching for those you know old old and trusted excuses about injuries and and. Um, injuries, uh, scheduling, uh, opposition. Where were you at when it came to sort of April and and were there any players that really were standing out for you at the time?
2: I don't even remember that month of football. I feel like I just blacked out the whole season. <laughs> because I was just like, every week it was just like, oh, here we go again. Because I think it was the Dragons game. Was that when it came out that they took – the offer off the table for KP.
0: Oh, that's right.
2: And then it was just like, after that, it was just like more chaos. And it was like, the games just topped it off and it was just, yeah, it was just going from bad to worse. But I I had like a little bit of hope. I was like, maybe we can get better. We still have players coming back. And then those players would come back and then there would be more injuries. <laughs> and then more no, because- injuries
0: because that's actually it's so funny that you say this, this is how, that's how long the season's actually been sky mm. the KP contract drama was going yeah. on in the background the whole like the whole time like it's so easy yeah. to forget now when he when he eventually resigned with us and he didn't resign until May but all yeah. of this was going on in the background because not only were we contending with you know well, we've lost our good start you know we're not winning winning good games now we're not scoring at home but with every loss, it was just piling on that it was yep. more and more likely that KP was about to leave. So all of that pressure started to be applied as well. And you you just you started to reach a point where you didn't know like you, you just happening. didn't know whether the end was where the end was going to be. It, like it was just oh, I don't know, I completely forgot about that.
2: Yeah, because I think was it around that time as well that Cliff took the month off was it around then
0: uh or was that that,
2: a little bit later
0: no 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 it may it may have been hang on one moment let me just um let me just check the votes because i mean it's probably not the best indication anyway but (laughs) if he didn't get if he got hard see he was still no see he was still polling votes through the month of um, April. A yeah. Bit of so it was May. It was May when he sort of started to fall off the radar a little bit. And um, because, yeah, because he, I think his last game was against the storm. Cause I remember he kicked off the game and he kicked out on the full and you could just tell that he was being, he was playing like a player with zero confidence uh yeah yeah and that because i think it was the storm game where he actually got hooked got like dropped, things, yeah yeah things were just going that badly for him um yep. i do
2: remember
0: any- that now actually but anyway so look we we got to the um we got to the end of april um this is the, now this is where some of the votes start to turn just a little bit and uh Bretto this may or may not surprise you to know that by the end of round seven, now bearing in mind, Kalen Ponga was on 11 votes after round three because he wasn't spectacular in round one and then he was injured for rounds two and three and I think round four as well. Have I got that yeah, right? He didn't
3: play round four either.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's right because uh, I think Tex was still playing, Tex was yeah. still on, yeah, yeah, um. At the end of round 7, he shot up the leaderboard and he was in joint second with Jake Clifford behind a still, you know, still performing Dane Gagai. Does that surprise you in any way shape or form? mean, um, it does.
3: I don't think it, that's, you know, probably accurate, but it's one of those things that we played poorly and KP was not poor. So you you got to give someone the votes. KP gets votes, so I think that's as a result there. A couple, you know, those the blowout loss to Parramatta and all that. You know, we were poor, you know, but KP's got to get some votes, doesn't he? You know, like because he was he wasn't particularly poor himself.
0: So it's funny you should say that. Yeah, so so KP was the play was voted um, the fans' player of the game with eighty nine votes for the Eels game, um, but he actually he had a tear against the um, uh, the Dragons, the Eels, and then subsequently the Storm where uh he he hit a then season high 96 uh, against the storm so look we'll, we'll jump we'll jump now to the month of may and uh once again it's just it's just tough watching so the the first of May was essentially when the night season finished that was uh when we conceded 50 to the storm uh, again we only managed the two points and that was thanks to a um a, a kick i think from the halfway line on half time we scored two points from a penalty goal we then travelled up to North not nil Yeah, no, not nil. I don't think. Uh, oh no, we no, we did get held to nil uh, as early as round four. Um, <laughs> uh, we lost thirty-six to sixteen to the Cowboys in round nine. Uh, magic round, though, baby. We were back with a hard-fought um, sixteen to six win over the Bulldogs. And, Bretto, you and I were convinced that our season was going to kick on from there. Alas, it was not to be when uh, we did the discourtesy of losing to Joey... Uh, sorry, on Joey's birthday, 36-12 to against the Broncos. Um, but we went into the bye with a strong 24-16 to win uh, over the Warriors. Um, look, just reliving some of these um, some of these results now. My God, like it's just, we are really good fans that we stick by this team as long as we do. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, 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 think, I'm thinking back to Magic Round. Obviously at the time Canterbury last, Canterbury was still, you know, they, they were the defending wooden spooners. They hadn't started well and Barrett was still there at that time. And we, we beat them. We played okay that night. We didn't play great, but we played okay considering how the form we'd been in. And we scraped over the line. I remember th- like just thinking, oh, this might be a turning point. But I've actually, it wasn't long ago, maybe a week or two ago, I um I seen some pictures that mine and your lovely partners took of us at Magic Ram, like sort of on the sneaky while we were watching that game. It, we were not impressed. <laughs> we were very we really nervous and angry. So, um, yeah, my, my, my recollection is not actually how that game went, to be honest. <laughs>
0: My um, my key recollection, and I, and I'll I'll let you have have you share some of your thoughts from that magical time of May Sky, um, but my main thought from that um, that that period was uh, uh, Dom Young just uh, absolutely um, uh, giving a bath to Josh Addo Car at Magic Round, like like yes. Dom Dom had to empty Jack out of his pockets that night. He was just all over him, and I think by that stage and the voting was starting to reflect it. Um, we were sort of starting to realize that Dom Dom was a legitimate star here. Like he was he was the real deal.
2: Yeah, he was the highlight of the whole season. If it wasn't for Dom, we would have nothing to cheer for. <laughs> it was
3: just about our only correct prediction. Yeah, both through all over Dom in the preseason. We got everything else wrong, but we we're all over Dom.
0: Um I'm just doing a quick uh, tally here because the I have realised.
3: Question The Broncos game was the infamous gag eyed no try. Correct. Do you, reckon, do you reckon his confidence was shot that day? Because he was pretty good up until that game. Like, he wasn't great for the last couple of weeks before that, but he was pretty good up until that game. And that's when the rot set in that. And then he obviously didn't play well at Origin. And yeah, he was not the same player for the rest of the season.
0: Sky, your thoughts? I, I have a thought, but I'll let you I'll let you jump in.
2: On Dane?
0: Yeah. When when was his when was his season cooked?
2: I think I started to notice it during Origin when he usually goes to another level and I just thought
3: he actually went in Origin
2: he was not good. And I was like yeah. this.
3: Like, Kevin, we like we nearly yeah. won the Origin Series because Dane handed it to us. It was kind of the thing where Dane gave it to us with one hand and KP took it away with the other. Yeah,
2: pretty <laughs> much. But, yeah, I thought maybe around Origin time, I was like, it's, it's not going well for Dane.
0: I think he lost it with the Talakai game because
3: – Oh, all the way back and- there
0: yeah because we you you look back on that now and because remember that was the game where i think Benji Marshall had him mic'd up and you yeah, looked yeah. at some of the and you looked at some of the footage there and they they obviously showed a lot of the positive stuff but you could tell from the close-ups there with a lot of his contact that he was just you could you like you could tell when you were watching it he like he'd lost half a yard of pace And I think when he came up against a player the size of Talakai, I think that's when the doubt actually really started to creep in. Morgan
3: Morgan Harper did gags a huge favour by being so bad against Talakai. Correct. Nobody mentions the bath that he gave Dane. They all give mention the bath he gave gave, uh, Morgan Morgan Harper. But yeah, Dane got uh, obliterated that night.
0: And the thing was, is that because when you think, because at the time the Sharks game was in the, it was in the prism of, or was in the cons. uh, was off the back of what had happened against the Panthers. And remember, we played 60 minutes or 50 odd minutes against a, uh, a well-oiled Penrith machine. And you and I were concerned that we'd put so much effort in that day off the back of a big off season that we, the, the players were cooked for weeks after. So when 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 we lost to the Sharks, we were actually saying, look, this is a Terrible result. It's not acceptable, but it's understandable because these players, you can tell they're still cooked from what happened with the Panthers. So you were happy to give Dane a pass for that. But if you look back on it now, I think Dane was concerned then because coming off a loss against the Panthers, he's just been absolutely tailed up by Talakai, and I think that's when the rot started to set in for him.
3: Do you know what the thing about Gags is? The the one thing I never I never thought would be an issue with gags he's actually second guessing himself now.
1: Um, quite, absolutely.
3: Quite, quite often in his in his contact, it's not just like his contact's bad because so he doesn't commit himself fully to a tackle. Yeah. There's a lot of times there where he sort of half goes in, half arm grabs, half puts his shoulder in, half talks to his outside man. Like he, it's it's between the year. Like obviously, as you get older, far the time that you know never loses, but it's between his ears. He's, yeah, you're probably right. Talakai shattered him, but I think the Broncos game finished him off that no try, which would have, I think, either put us back in front or got us just behind, and it just, yeah, he, it, it was between his ears from then on. The,
0: the, the Broncos game for me really was a turning point in a lot of ways because that was a game where, and you and I said it at the time, there's simply no reason for us not to lo- not, not to win this. Like, we were coming off the back of a win. We had plenty of time. Like, we had plenty of rest. So there could be no excuse about going, oh, you know. we. we um, and there was just something about the team that night. Because Milford, was the, Was that Milford's first game for the club as well? Yeah, round 11. Yeah. So we had Milford in the Yeah, the general
3: game. set it up that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So we couldn't even complain that we didn't have the experience in the halves, that until then we'd sort of been quite concerned about it was just a no excuses game. That not only did we lose, we lost terribly, and it was a team that just as as Joe, you didn't know what their DNA was. Like you just, they were just a team that played with no um, identity. Sky,
2: was that the game at home?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: that was Thursday that night. Was So bad, and I think yeah, at the end when Milf threw that pass and it got intercepted, and I was just like, this. Yeah, this is not gonna be a fun a fun season.
3: Am I right saying that Tony Staggs gave us a bath that night?
0: He played I feel like well. Everyone I mean, did. Yeah. Every, there was no there was no one really that sort of stood out uh, for the Broncos because we were just so abysmal abysmal. That's at least my recollection of the night.
2: What? that was the game Tyson Gamble was all over us too, I think.
0: Oh yeah. It's nice
3: yeah. legend Tyson Gamble. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, him. <laughs> he was just getting—he was just getting used to performing at Donald Jones Stadium, guys. Can we can say
3: he's in the grand final this week for the North Devils in Brisbane. So, have a watch if you can.
0: guys. We um we get to the end of round twelve. Um, obviously we went into the buy round with the win over the um over the Warriors. Um, look by this stage with the fan vote, uh, KP—it's just—it's KP first and daylight second. So KP pulled out to four hundred ninety-six votes by this stage. And it was Dane Gagai still um, on 263 votes. But I think it's worth mentioning that Gaggs was on 236 after round seven. And he polled only another 27 votes in the next five rounds. So he was still living very much off those opening rounds. Um, oh, my apologies. Sorry, he was coming third. Uh, Dave Clemmer, Dave, big, big Dave Clemmer, the quiet achiever had um, pushed himself up into second with 346 votes.
3: That was the sort of period of the season when Clem was dragging the forward pack, like he was the only forward worth getting paid.
0: So it's funny you should say that, Bretto. So that's been the fan vote so far. The Bay 53 hosts vote at this stage has actually got Dave uh, out at front on 27 votes after 12 rounds. And he'd polled from round six to twelve. Yeah, you're right. He was he was the only forward that was really doing anything um, of note. And yeah, those that second half of that first block of games, he just charged up the leaderboard. And yeah, he was sitting on twenty seven uh, to take the lead. Twenty four votes. We gave twenty four votes to Kalen. Um, And coming in at uh, third was Tyson Frizzell. So the Frizz was sitting on 22 by that stage. If
3: anything, that shows you that the Bay 53, you know, we're connoisseurs of rugby league. You know, We're like a big, hardworking, angry front rower over that flashy guy at the back. (laughs) (laughs) We're on substance, no flash.
2: I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's
0: Tees. Guys, we only played the two games in uh, June, and they were against So the 42-6 to 6 point loss to the uh, Panthers. And just the utterly devastating um, 20 points to 18 loss to the Raiders.
3: We're not not talking about that. We are not talking about that game.
0: Well, I'm happy to do that because, funnily enough, out of those two utterly shitful games, there is, funnily enough, the season highlight when it comes to voting, which is that uh, against the Panthers... Dom Young polled a record 118 votes from the fans uh, that day, and that was the most any individual got in one game um, this season.
3: Because he was pretty good and the rest were gross.
0: The rest weren't good, yeah. But I think think that's why this voting system sort of works, because one of the reasons we wanted to do it this way was that we didn't want every – like, we wanted, we sort of wanted the the the, the quality of what they had to, to, to deliver sort of within the context of the team that day. And there's no doubt that Dom was the clear standout for the Knights that day. Oh,
3: if, if, if you know, it was reasonable, I would have given Dom all the votes and no one else would have got anything. Like, he was the only guy that day that should have had his head out for his paycheck.
0: We gave him eight votes that day. Yeah, nearly
3: half, <laughs> half of that And we'll probably have half of
0: well, we gave a fair few to Clem as well. We thought Clem shouldn't be overlooked. Um, Sky, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in on this. I mean, as I said, the, the month of June was just a terrible, terrible month of footy. Um, yeah, but when our, once our season was over against the Raiders, how are you, how are you starting to feel about the boys by then?
2: Um, I think I loved the Raiders game. I was really happy with that game. Isn't that the game that Crook scored?
0: Yeah, no, that is correct. That is the game, <laughs> game where he scored his um his maiden try. And look, it was actually funny when he scored that because, like, it was just the classic case of the team delivering a player that fans have sort of been screaming for for years. You know that that player who gives his all for the team. He wants to play for the Knights. He plays with passion, but he plays well as well. And you could tell how much the try sort of meant to him.
2: I thought he was going to break his hand when he punched the ground. I was like, here we go. Another injury. For yeah, that was
3: totally going to happen, wasn't it? He was totally <laughs> his hand for sure. I was like, oh, I've shit. got two memories of this season, and they're both croaks. It's the passion after that try. And I remember when we scored the try where he made the break just before half time in the other Canberra game, and him just running towards the bench, hooting and hollering. And I, that they're my two things. Like, that's what I love about the Knights, you know, like this local kid in front of a you know, big crowd just loving life. But, yeah, we managed to blow both those games.
0: Yeah. I know you don't want to relive it, Bredo. We won't relive the game itself, but it's actually quite funny to me that um, because that was the game, remember, where everybody was actually blaming KP for the loss for the, for the final try of the game. Um, but it is worth noting. So you and I, we gave him we gave him four votes uh, that day. Um, he was voted player of the game against the Raiders um, by the fans. So I think he that's, was. Yeah, and I think that sort of says a lot. For, well, you know, certainly about the quality of our listeners um, that they sort of recognise the quality of the players as opposed to the hype and the hysteria. Sometimes the, that's associated. But the Hudson
3: Young winnow, and KP was slightly out of position. But that was because he was knackered because he just chased down the play previously and made the tackle. Like, and maybe... That day
2: too.
3: Yeah, maybe ma- ma- bombing ma-
2: on the field. Yeah, yeah that's, that's...
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, maybe, like, some fullbacks would have got there. Maybe. But it certainly wasn't his fault.
0: So it's the classic Andrew Johns complex all over again. We get We get so used to one player doing everything... That when they don't do it and we reap the consequences of those uh, inactions, as it were, we blame the players like, well, hang on, you've been doing everything every week. How come you didn't do everything today? You're the reason we lost. Whereas the reality is, is that, well, no, he was the reason we were in it to have a chance to win. And it's sort of um, and, and it's just history repeating itself when it comes to KP with with what happened with Joey. Jolly wasn't I, I guarantee
3: you. I guarantee you that happens at Penrith, and Ed Dylan Edwards is in the KP's position. Nathan Cleary sees that, and he's hovering, oh. waiting, waiting.
0: And this is, and you were not because you and I said it at the time. Well, hang on, where was Clune? Where was Milford? Where was any of the other twelve players who have some sort of game awareness to go? Oh, our fullback's out of position. We might not have somebody in goal. The, ha-
3: the halves have to be aware in that situation. They have to realise your fullback stuck on one side of the field, and there's nobody home if they kick. And I guarantee you, if the half had got the ball, one of our players would have been ready for it. Because the back row had it. Even though Hudson Young does kick, he does it a lot. We were not smart enough to recognise this guy could kick it here. Yeah.
0: End of round 15, KP is still very much the leader. He's out on 563 points. Uh, coming in at second place is still David Klemmer. Dave Clemmer's on four hundred and eighteen, and he's followed very closely by Dom Young at on, on three ninety. Now, Sky, because you, I, we asked you before we started recording if you wanted to know the results, uh, and you said no. I'm I'm happy to see this <laughs> out. I wanna I wanna see the where suspense. we go. Where, where do you where do you think this is where do you see this sort of going from here sort of bearing in mind that um you know KP's well out in front by this stage but he, he doesn't play many more games um, are any of the results surprising you thus far did you think other players would poll better are you surprised at how well some players are polling how how are you feeling about um what the BAY53 fans have had to say so far
2: I didn't think KP would be so far ahead considering he hasn't played that much for the yeah. whole season. I thought maybe Dom would be, I know he's in third, I thought he would be a lot higher. But, yeah, I, Clem makes sense. Dom, I, yeah, I thought would be higher than Kaylin.
0: I think this is an interesting one for me is because we've got about, I don't know, half a dozen players or so that reached uh, three figures. Kurt Mann has been a quiet achiever in the background. He's sitting on 188 points um, by round 15. Now, look, Kurt Mann certainly fell off the radar in a big way uh, as the season. Started, but it's easy to forget how good he was in those first few rounds. Um, he really was offering a lot, of the, lot to the team. And I think that's what made it harder to accept about the way he was playing towards the end of the season.
3: Yeah, but I think we've got to give Kurt the benefit of the doubt. Injuries killed him. Yeah, he kept playing injured week after week after week till he just couldn't play anymore. Um, I think early in the season the PVL PVL ball was still a thing, and the the small ball playing lock was still um was still a huge positive for us, and Kurt was t- doing well. But once the PVL ball started to sort of step back, and referee started referee more traditionally, and big middle started to take advantage again, I think um yeah, Kurt got bashed a lot.
0: Yeah. No, he, he definitely oh, – oh, I think he only played a couple more games for the rest of the season. Like, that's how that's how busted up he was. Um, by well, there was that... There's probably three or four games in
3: a row where he was – even in the warm-up, he wasn't certain to play.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember this now. It like, wasn't... we remember, like, every
3: week we were, we were watching the warm-ups
0: at home games to see whether Kurt was even out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. I do remember this now
1: um
0: okay bear with me for uh one moment as we uh my apologies everybody i'm um okay i don't know what i've done okay um <laughs> where did we finish up where did we finish up we just finished up on round Canberra. 15 okay this is where things for me i think start to get a little bit interesting because um we kicked off July with our last home win of the season, uh, with a thirty-eight to twelve point win over the Titans. But unfortunately, we followed that up with uh, several more losses in the month. So uh, off the back of the Titans' win, we uh, lost at home again. Uh, this time to the Rabbitohs, forty points to twenty-eight. Latrell absolutely fed us that night. Uh, we went down to Manly and we got uh, obliterated, forty-two to twelve. Uh, Sydney Roosters came up and they returned. And the- last win of
3: the season that was too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we went, uh, the Roosters came up and returned the favours to us uh, in round 19, 42 to 12. And I cracked the shits after round 20 when we lost at home 24 to 10 to the uh, lowly Bulldogs um, uh, who would end up finishing the season quite strongly but uh, finishing above us. That Bulldogs game was
3: to me um a perfect example of the season. There was no energy. Like none. Zero zilch. No energy at all. I've never I've never not been into a, a game that that much in my life. Like I had no emotions. Good, bad, none. Just I was like, this is just boring as black shit. Like I have no interest in this at all.
0: Sky, um, it wasn't a good game to watch. Um, but I mean, we started this we started the month of all right. Like we beat we beat the Titans, which you know, albeit was not <laughs> was not anything to celebrate. But even by that stage, we'd reached a point where the the team just wasn't even winning the games that you expected them to win. And I think it says a lot about the team that our two wins this season. Oh, no, the Titans did end up finishing above us, but our two home wins this season were against t- teams that finished in the bottom four with us. Um, yeah, you just I mean what what do you sort of say about um what do you sort of say about the team by this stage?
2: Yeah, you could tell that they had just checked out. They were just running out, and they looked so tired. And so off it that I was just like, yeah, I had no interest in those games either. I was just... The South it. game was fun. Because I'm loyal to them, but I didn't enjoy myself.
0: <laughs> now, we, we don't want to bury the lead too much because as much as we sort of say the Titans' win wasn't that big a deal, it was still an historic night for the Knights with um, the, uh, the historic feats of um, Dom Young scoring his first first-grade hat-trick. But that was overshadowed by Eddie five tries, who set a club record for the most tries scored by an individual in a match, um, with um, with five. And in fact, we should have put fifty on the Titans that night. But uh, between Tex Hoy and Anthony Milford, we could only land uh, three of eight conversions. Um, but it was still like there was still something to get from the seat. Like that night, um, Eddie Eddie Lee uh, polled eighty one votes for the game. And uh, Dom Young close behind with uh, fifty eight, but hard up for Dom to score his first ever hat-trick, but he was outshone by um by someone else.
3: We played some really that. good football that night. that's why we scored our tries out wide because we we're actually playing really good expansive football. You know it wasn't all just you know cross kick field kicks, it was good backline deep plays. it was it was good to watch, but yeah, that was probably the last time we've seen that all year. <laughs> it definitely it's was the, the last time.
0: Sorry, what was that sky?
2: I said that was just one and done.
0: Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, as I said, I, I cracked the shits after the round twenty game. So I actually said to I actually said to the Robbie M uh, judges, I said, there'll be no votes um, for this round um, because I was just so down on the team. And it's possible that that uh, may have impacted the result, which we'll get to at the end, obviously. But so we get to the end of round twenty. And the fan vote – now, you've got to bear in mind KP only played two out of the four games post-Canberra due to origin and, I think, injury and concussion. Um, but he's still, ex- he's still extended his – well, no, he hasn't extended his lead, but he's maintained his lead. He's gone out to 648 votes after 20 rounds. But Dom, Dom Young has absolutely carved up in that um, in that month of July – and he's um, charged up into second place in, on 571 points, uh, followed closely by Dave Clemmer, who was putting in—I think he was putting in—that sort of post-origin anger when he gets when he hasn't been picked, and so he was storming up the leaderboard to uh, uh, 548 points.
3: Oh yeah, I now sort of now we know the whole Hayden Knowles stuff. I, I sort of think what was going on behind the scenes during that period. Because it wasn't long after that the Hayden Knowles up happened. And I just sort of wonder where the club were mentally at that at that point of the season. I think that Bulldogs game was probably an example of yeah how how bad things were off the field.
0: Sky,
2: sorry you cut out there.
0: Oh, just just because uh, yeah. remember we we're coming up to when the Hayden Knowles Dave Clemmer occurrence happened. But it's as it's as Bredo said that that couldn't have been an isolated incident. That that can't have been just the first time something like that happened. Something must have been brewing with the players leading up to the the Knowles and Clem um, clash, uh, and maybe it was starting to be reflected by the uh, performance in, on the field.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because they yeah they're always going to support Clem too. Over because that, that
3: Bulldogs game, they did not want to be there. They no. did not want to be there at all that Bulldogs day. And I just sort of think, yeah, there's definitely some unrest in the camp.
0: End of round 20, as I said. Now, well, okay, so what we're going to do now, guys, so I'm going to give two more totals after this. So we'll do the last – we'll do rounds 21 to 24, and we'll give the final totals – Leading into, um, leading into the final round, um, so. Kalen Ponga doesn't play again, or at least, yeah, Kalen Ponga I don't think plays another game. What was no, the, what, no. what, what? What was the last game he played, or when did he get his? The who roosters did he get roosters. injured? Oh, he got injured against. Yeah, he got his concussion against the Roosters. Thank you, Matt. Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: yeah, in the first yeah. ten minutes. He, yes.
0: So. Kaelin Ponga is sitting on 648 points going into round 21. Dom Young and uh, Dave Clemmer are the closest ones in the mid-500s. Now, this is really important because um, those final four rounds, so we got the big 14-10 to 10 win over the Tigers, which in the end – Saved us from our from another wooden spoon. We went up to Brisbane in round 22 and we got pole by the Broncos 28 to 10. And if we're being honest, that's that, that's when everyone should have known the Broncos were missing the finals. They should have beaten us by more. We had the heartbreaking loss to the Raiders 28 to 22 when we shut up shop in the second half and didn't score another point. And then we went up to CBUS for... Look, our regulation lost to the Titans, 36 to 26, but at least we scored 26 points. Now, this is really important for the purposes of the Robbie M. medal. Dave Klemmer, sitting on 548 points, is not able to poll against the Tigers because he got dropped and then against the Broncos because he gets injured. So... KP needs to be chased down. He's out in front. That essentially really only leaves one player who's going to be able to catch him now, which is Dom Young, because Dom Young's got twice as many uh, games to do it, and he's scoring tries.
3: Yeah. Um, you sort of
0: Yeah, you don't even think about that, do you? But you're
3: right. Clem probably had his chance, not evaporated then, but it certainly made it really difficult for him to... um. Especially in a win, you know, like a win where sort of there's plenty of votes to be handled out. He didn't get a chance to get any. Um,
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting, that. Well, the funny thing is, is that that Tigers win, the two standout players from that game were Jacob Sofidi on 24 and Daniel, uh, sorry, uh, oh, Daniel, sorry, Dan Sofidi got to, uh, actually only landed on 11. Sorry, I thought he got 18. But it was a forward who was leading the charge. And you can't help but think that, Dave Clemmer would have been racking up the meters. And oh,
3: yeah, we rolled rolled in the middle of that day. Clem would have probably
0: got the most votes just yeah. by judging how weak they were in the middle of that day. yeah, absolutely. And the other thing as well is that in the Bulldogs game, sorry in the Broncos game, my apologies, Jacob Saifidi again, thirty six points. Daniel Saifidi, thirty six points. So that was the game where our forwards were delivering. So they were two weekends where our forwards really took charge. Yeah, but it was off the off the abs out with the absence of David Klemmer. Can I put this to you? Has David Klemmer been holding our forwards back this year? <laughs> I'm, that's so, a genuine
3: question. I, I I will put it to you that the rest of the forwards let David Clemmer do all the work, and realised they had to do something themselves for a change. It'd be nice they did that for the other twenty something weeks.
0: <laughs> Sky.
2: Yeah, I see. I. Jacob and Daniel this year have just been the different players compared to last year when they got their deals. Yeah.
3: They're just but how was Jacob so... in origin? That's what I don't get. Yeah. Jacob should never played origin. He was outstanding.
2: He was so good that game. And I was like, this is going to be the thing that kickstarts his season. He's going to be on another level. And then he, he was.
3: I've, I've said it before and doing. I'll say it again. Get
2: back to the origin.
3: Jacob is the more talented of those two. Dan wants it more. Yeah. yeah. If they could, if they If they come out as one
0: footballer, they'd be the best prop in the history of the game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right there, Bretto.
4: Newcastle are the premiers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say, that Tigers game, we showed exactly. Like how we struggled this year. We played, we outplayed them in so many aspects of that game, but our halves couldn't score. And then the Tigers actually gave us the game back by the fact that their halves were just as bad, which makes perfect sense. that we're now shopping for their halves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now we're going into. Uh... We're going into round 25. Let me tell you where the votes are now at the end of round 24. So, Kalen Ponga is still on 648 votes. Taking the lead is Dom Young on 693 votes. But he is followed by David Klemmer way back on 571 votes so the only player now the only two players now who can realistically win the inaugural Robbie M medal are Dom Young and David Klemmer but Dave Klemmer needs to poll a season record <laughs> 123 votes in order to take out the uh, the medal in the fo- in round twenty five. Now, Bredo, I think the fan vote unfortunately is a bit of a lay-down Maaire as it were, well, was. but i want to read I want to read out to you the the bay fifty three host votes going into round fifty uh, round twenty five. This is the top three. David klemmer, fifty one votes. In the lead, Dom Young, 50 votes, one vote behind in second. And the third place at the moment is Kaelin Ponga on 36 votes. So both the Bay 53 hosts and the Bay 53 listeners have got Clem and Dom going into that last round as battling it out as to who is going to take out the inaugural awards.
3: Now, I will say that go, we had no idea this time what the totals were, so it didn't affect our scores that last round
1: at all.
0: No. No, we um we uh, and in fact you and I were talking during the week going this better be the this this player better win it or we're deleting our pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And yet we still and, and and yet we still um we still just went no we, we vote each round as we as we individually do it. Okay. The last round of the season uh, the loss to the Sharks, Old Boys Day at home. And can I say as well, the votes did start to trail off towards the end. We started out with uh, 19 judges in round one. We had eight judges by
1: season's
0: end, which I think is, is more than fair enough. But the final vote rounds were the top three players in the inaugural fan-voted Robbie M. Medal for the Bay 53 podcast. Coming in at third place is David Klemmer on 587 votes. He polled 16 against the Sharks. Coming in at second place is Kalen Ponga with 648 votes, which he sat on after round 20, so arguably Fit KP would have taken out the vote. But the inaugural fan-voted Robbie M. Medalist the Bay 53 podcast taking out another 35 votes in the loss to the Sharks is the Jamaican King Dom Young. He is the inaugural winner on 728 votes. What an outstanding season from the young man and the fact that our fans, uh, by our I mean Knights, I mean the fact that Knights fans recognise that is testament that this kid, he's had a great season and he's the real deal.
3: And it's so hard for a winger to win that sort of thing. Even for even like a, a silly fan vote like on our podcast, he's a winger. People don't recognise wingers, especially in seasons where you're so poor, you score so few tries. For a winger to win it is a really, really good effort from Duffield. To... Mm. And I will say he also won the, the club's players' Player, so it's not a one-off with us. You know, he, that was a legitimate strength from Dom.
0: For someone so young, not only to just score the tries that he did, but the carries that he did. And, like, it's not like he was a defensive liability either. I mean, this is a kid in his second year of first grade. But also to come back from where he did. Because remember, remember, didn't he have to disable his, his Instagram account after his debut? Yes. Like, some of the commentary yep. that was that was thrown his way was just so vitriolic. For this guy to come back from that the way he has, to be, you know, arguably the Knights' best player this season and for the fans to recognise it, he's, he's a special talent. He's a special talent and the Knights are just very lucky to have him uh, in their side.
3: And don't forget, he's, he's not where he came. He came here as a centre. Yeah. You know, we, he got plugged in on the wing on his debut because we, we were short, we needed a winger, and he's just sort of stuck there ever since. But winger's not his spot. He he came here as a center. And he's turned into one of the best wingers in the game and arguably probably the best young winger in the game. I don't think there's anybody, you know, under sort of twenty two that'd be better than him.
0: I don't I don't disagree with that, Sky.
2: No, I think he's definitely one of the best. And he's just he's a freaky talent. Just that he's like you said, he's carries. You can just like that's the highlight of my like the season, me watching that that's like the one thing that I can remember just being good the whole season. You just knew that Dom was going to take a hard carry no matter what was going on.
3: So and he's only done, he's only done two, NFL, two NRL preseasons, like, he hasn't grown into his body yet. Like, he's, he's going to semi ride dry, big and fast in two or three years' time. I think that's
0: the that's that's actually the the the. Interesting thing about Imbretto is that, as good as he's been this year, people don't people underestimate the potential that actually is there, because it's not just the the ability, but it's this, and it's not even just the size, but it's the combination of the speed and the size that that's that sort of um that double threat, as it were. It's that
3: Jamaican bloodline,
0: that like Jamaican
3: sprinter bloodline, you know, just huge and fast.
0: And I think it really was one of the highlights of the season was his mum and dad coming out to yeah. Australia yeah. and getting to see him play and, and getting to see getting to see how good he was. And I think it was the Tigers game, wasn't it? Because we did, yeah they, yeah, yeah, they definitely yeah. came yeah. out for a win. Guys, yeah, I want to I want to read you the top ten um, because I think Sky you'll you'll enjoy this in particular. So the top three is Dom Young on on seven hundred twenty eight, Kalen Ponga our captain on six hundred forty eight, David Klemmer five hundred eighty seven. Tyson Frizzell held on for fourth fourth place, and he did poll quite consistently throughout the year. He sat on 338 votes. Um, Dane Gagai makes, rounds out the top five. He finished on 306 points.
3: One thing I will say, that obviously early in the season when you said we had 19 people voting, there's a lot more votes available when Dane was playing well.
0: <laughs>
3: so, you know, you can get massive totals, you know, like... When you've got 19 people having 17 votes.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that, Bretto, because this is actually why I wanted to read out round out the top 10, was that coming in at number six was Edric Lee on 302 points. So that is a phenomenal effort from Eddie because he yeah. didn't play half the first half of the
3: yeah. season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and I think, honestly, my my personal opinion, our best two players this year were the two wingers.
0: Yeah.
3: With the two yeah, Black Kings that. on the wing.
0: Um, Jake Clifford, but it's funny what you say about the votes accumulated. With Jake Clifford, held on for um, seventh spot. He got two hundred forty nine votes, and obviously that's look that's he, he trailed off towards the end. He finished on two hundred forty nine. Um, by the halfway point, though, he was two hundred thirty three votes. Um, so sorry, what was one, two, three, four, five, six? So Jake was seventh, coming in at number eight. Matt Croker with hundred and ninety-five votes, and I think that is a spectacular effort. That was all from me. <laughs> but it's a, it's a spectacular. They are all my
2: votes, just every round.
3: It's a. Oh, I, I thought he'd win. I thought he'd get 17 every week from you. I thought he'd win. <laughs> I
2: had to split it between him and KP. It's,
3: yeah, yeah. KP's is good in there. I like...
0: It's a phenomenal effort from a young bench player that the fans have sort of gotten behind him. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's a great reward for him that, you know, the the fans obviously enjoy what he has to offer. Uh, Kurt Mann finished off, uh, at ninth on 188 points, but coming in at number 10, and I think this is a great result for him is, uh, the Looney clunes himself, Adam Clune, uh, 186 votes. Look, he took on a role that he was never meant to take. He was, he was supposed meant
3: to, to be... play five games this year.
0: Yeah, and yeah. he played. I think he played about twenty in the end.
3: Yeah. He was he was meant to be the five games in the middle. of The year Mitch Pearce has got knocks and and bruises. Yeah, that was basically his role.
0: And um, so yeah, but that that rounds out our top ten fan voted Robbie M medalist, Um O. Are you are you are you keen to hear find out how we finished up? in the um in the host voted uh, category. Okay.
3: See the thing is I've been saying all year about one person should win. So if that person doesn't win, I'm gonna look like a clown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just bear with me for one moment guys. I'm gonna do more secret um secret vote uh, tabulating. Okay. All right, here we go. So the top three coming into the final round is Ponger on 36, Clemmer on 51. Um, sorry, Dom Young on 51. 50. Jesus. The, uh, this is why uh, I, I, I can't believe I, host a, I help host a podcast. Let's do this again. Kalen Ponger on 36, uh, Dom Young on 50, and David Clemmer on 51. Now, only four players polled votes against the Sharks as 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 voted by your hosts those four players were Anthony Milford Tex Hoy Anthony Milford
3: didn't play in the last game
0: sorry
3: Anthony Milford didn't play in the last game did he
0: no he didn't sorry I've got that wrong sorry i got that wrong Eddie Lee sorry you're right <laughs> All right, that was Eddie Lee <laughs> thank you Freddo um, Eddie Lee on four. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Eddie Lee on four. Sorry. So, Edric Lee, Tex Hoy. We're getting there. We're getting there. David Clemmer and Dom Young were two of the four players that polled votes. Now, the split of the votes was four, 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 and five. And the votes were issued out as followed. Edric Lee, four votes. Tex Hoy, four votes. David Clemmer, four votes.
3: Oh, my maths is great, but I know what that means.
0: Dom Young on five votes for round 25. Ladies and gentlemen, your host voted Bay 53 Robbie M. Medal winner for season 22
1: is a tie between Dom Young and David Palmer. <laughs>
3: and I couldn't be more happy. That is just perfect, I reckon.
0: <laughs> uh, KP obviously rounds out Honeymoon uh, 3rd with uh, 36 votes. Mate, we have Daniel Saifedi in fourth with 29 votes um, Tyson Frizzell he finished up on 26 votes but it's worth noting we didn't give him another vote after round 17 so injuries probably caught up with him uh, Tex Hoy finished the season so strong, he was on 9 points after round 12 and he finished uh, in the top 5 uh, top 6 sorry yeah he finished uh, sorry, joint 5th joint fifth, joint fifth with Tyson Frizzell on 26 points uh, Dane Gagai 20, Jacob Safedi 9. Uh, no, sorry, Eddie Lee 20, Jacob Safedi 19, and um, I think Anthony Milford. Anthony Milford rounded out the top 10 with. Um, oh, shit. Jake Clifford. Jake Clifford and Kurt Mann. There it is. That makes sense. Jake Clifford and Kurt Mann with joint 10th play. But yeah, we have joint winners of the inaugural uh, Robbie Emmer medal. Um
3: Dom Young and David Clemmer Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy. I, as I've always said all season, I think Clem was, you know, unlucky enough to win the Badiris Bede- medal, but um, yeah, Dom was so good those last few weeks, and I didn't take into account the fact, yeah, Clem missed those two those two games late, which sort of gave Dom the chance to catch him, and he did.
0: Um, Sky, your 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 thoughts?
2: Your top 10 is a little bit different to the other top 10.
0: It is. It is a little bit different.
2: It's got the Safeties in there?
0: Yep, yep. We um we and and I'm I'm certainly not saying this sort of um, was what we went into every game but game thinking, but what we actually sort of started to notice was that aside from Dom Young and Eddie, aside from our two wingers, it was generally the backs towards the second half of the season that were starting to let the forwards down. Uh, particularly in the Looney Clunes chat as well, we were getting a lot of – there was a lot of discussion about how the forwards really were starting to, like, you know, they should just take the take the backs out the back out after the game and flog them because there were a lot of instances where a lot of the forwards really couldn't have been doing too much more than they already were. Um so, uh, so yeah, we, we started to sort of feel that the forwards deserved to be recognised for a lot of the work that they were doing. And then, obviously, David Clemmer was just standing out on a regular basis. And um, Dan Sofidi finished the season strong for us. He finished the season very much more strongly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we rewarded him for that.
3: I will sort of say that the forwards... See, it's it's a funny thing to say, but they seem to have less niggles at the end of the year. Guys would seem to be a little bit fitter because of buys and because they'd missed football in, earlier in the season. So as teams got a bit more tired, they were sort of fresh because we'd missed so much early football. So, yeah, the Thieves, the, yeah, the Clam, they were all really strong for the last probably seven or eight weeks when the team was pretty much pathetic.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's probably fair enough, mate. Um. Wow, well, what what an outcome! Uh, edge of your seat stuff right till the final vote, and um, yeah, j- joint winners of the Robbie M medal. But uh, but look, you know the fans have recognised Dom Young, and um, look, I think if we're going to go around again next year, we're probably going to do things a little bit differently. We've 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 learned a couple of things this year. I think uh, I think for one, every round voting is gone. That's just that is a massive punish. On everybody involved and look I do actually want to give a shout out to everybody who was involved uh, throughout the season and I want to I just want to give a, a shout out to the following people so we had Tash or we had Josh or we had uh, Pete Denning, uh, Nikki, Matt Clark, Isabel, Mitch Meek, Grant, Maddie Moy, um, Knight of NRL. Sorry. I don't know your name. We had the Johnston. We had Ethan Millward. We had you. Thank you so much, Sky. Um, Nagy Nagwell. He voted one round and we didn't see him again. (laughs) Um, Thor, not Elvie, uh, Harry, um, Ramage, uh, and our very good friends, uh, Maitland Mumbler, Mumbler and Harvey G. Thank you, everybody, and I do apologise if I've missed anybody out. I think I think that was everyone. Um, Although, hang on, just bear with me for one second. And Connor, Connor Orr as well, who um, um, Ory dragged him in. Thank you, everybody, this year for giving us your time. Um, It it wasn't easy. And uh, unfortunately, the the team, the Knights men probably made it a lot harder than we'd really anticipated. So thank you to everybody who stuck with us as the season went on. And um, yeah, you sort of played your part. At the end of the day, it was an opportunity for us to see what everybody thought uh, about the players. The fact that our top threes essentially reflect each other, I think, says a lot um, about what those players did. And, um, yeah, just a massive thank you to everybody for being a part of it this year.
3: Yeah, I, I would like to say my thanks to, yeah, the guys really, it's a big effort. Thank you to K-Dog who put a lot of effort into getting the spreadsheets up. You know, I just sit here and don't do much. He does a lot hard work. <laughs> so I, so I'll, I'll thank him. Um, he could take all the glory for the, the magnificent night we've just had here and, um, under, under the big top for a, for a ceremony. <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks, Guy. Thanks, all everyone else who's come on and, and helped post throughout the year. Nagy and uh, Joe Frost who helped out when I was unavailable. Thanks to those guys. No, it's been it's been a really sort of enjoyable experience. Besides the fact that team sucked ass the most of it. But I'd like to say, Sky, what are your what are your thoughts for next year? Do you have hope for next year? Do you think it's going to be this bad? What are you what are you thinking for 2023?
2: it can only go up. I hope it can only go up. But hopefully just no major injuries, touch wood, and we can form some sort of combination that will last more than one round. And then yeah,
3: it can't be worse than this year, I hope. Given the sort of the rumours, you know, it's maybe Garrick at one, KP and KP at six, with someone else at 7, or we get Brooks at 7, KP Stays at 1, what are, what are you sort of hoping to do in that hard fullback sort of spot? Um, I don't
2: really, I don't know, I don't have any real thoughts, because I'm just like, everyone we're
3: looking at, I don't really like, so I'm but like. The only, the only one that interests me, like I like Ruben Garrick, I think he's a really good solid fullback and a good goal kicker. I'm, yeah. my, my only hope is I would, I hope that he would get him to play fullback and KP plays six and then half of whatever it is. That's sort of my hope. But you're right, no one really gets you super excited, do they? No. But yeah, I think KP and six would be, would be interesting because I
2: think it I think he's a lot more... Smart.
3: He getting smart,
2: more smart? He Yeah, smart?
3: yeah. A more... As, as Joe Frost pointed out the other day, I and mean, that I completely forgot, KP didn't actually move back from, from 6 back to 1 because Brownie gave it up. He actually moved back there because he didn't have a fullback. Connor had started to season a fullback, got injured. Kurt took it over and was a, an abomination for half a game, so they moved KP back there and it just stayed like that. So the, anyone that says the KP experiment at 6 was a failure, it didn't actually get a chance to fail you because we run out of fullbacks and Browning just did what he had to do. So, you know, like, I don't think he actually have ever seen where the KP can be six. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be really interested to see how that, how that plays out. Yeah, hopefully it goes
2: ahead.
0: Guys, one, one person I actually did forget and um, Caitlin Myers, I want to give her a special shout out as well because she came in late. And she, she can beg, but she certainly said, look, I, I, I missed the first round. Can I still be a part of this? And Caitlin, to her credit, was still there uh, come the final round as well. So thank you. You get a special mention as well, uh, Caitlin. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, that that's a wrap. Uh, Sky, Bretto, we're um, we're out of awards to issue, and um, yeah, look, thank you very much for helping us relive the season. Now, Bretto, it's not farewell from you and I yet this season. We still do have a grand final show to do, um, and we are going to bring in a fair few special guests for that one, um, but yeah, Sky, I just want to... Pull them on from what Brett said as well. You've been a you've been a massive supporter of ours this year uh, on a couple of fronts. One is that you've been a big part of promoting our stuff. Two, you've obviously come on and helped us host a couple of times. But three, there there is nothing better in when it comes to being a rugby league fan than holding an agenda in support of a player and then having someone as intelligent as you come along and just back it to the hilt, 110%. And I think your love of KP has sort of helped Bretto and I get through some of the dark times, because there have been some rough times this season. When it looked like he was going to leave, when he was caught in the cheap toilet cubicle, when concussion looked like it was going to end his career, And it was just always so nice to be like, "No, nah, Sky's still on board. We haven't got this wrong yet." So, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for being uh, just uh, uh, a bright supporter of uh, not just us, but of uh, the Newcastle Knights and of KP this year. And uh, I hope, if nothing else knights are able to deliver a successful season at the very least for you because god knows that you absolutely do deserve it stop it you guys
2: are so nice thank you for having <laughs> me on and can, I, can i can I, I just say I it half the time, i'm just here I, to talk about croaks in kp and <laughs> which is why we it. have you because we want to talk about croaks and kp it's
3: not as creepy like when 240 year old men Talk about KP the way we do. It's creepy and weird. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's less creepy when you do it, so we appreciate that.
2: That's right. I'm happy to be the buffer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody, for listening all the way to the end. Um, we will have one more show out before the year is out, but uh, yeah, enjoy the preliminary finals this weekend. But in the main, make sure you get out uh, as much as you can to support our girls this weekend. Uh, grand final qualifier against the Dragons. Uh,
3: go the two Knights. O'clock, 2 o'clock, yep. Sunday.
0: Two o'clock one, Sunday. 1
3: o'clock Jersey for grand final.
0: And, uh, yeah, that was the, the, the other thing I was going to say is uh, we actually do have a grand final coming up this weekend. So, um, yeah, the Knights are not done with for 2022. Sky, thank you for coming. Bretto, I will talk to you again soon. And uh, enjoy your week, everybody. Thanks, guys.